0: Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and today I'm joined by Gareth Ed, our Head of Australian Economics. Gareth, it's been a while. How are you going?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going all right. Thanks, Belinda. It has been a while. I, I didn't realise until you just told me before how long it's been since we've recorded a podcast.
0: We have. So the last time was early August when we were discussing how optimistic the Reserve Bank of Australia has and that followed on... From us really calling it how it is, we were worried in late July just that New South Wales would be in lockdown for an extended period of time up until vaccination rates got up to the goal of between 70 and 80% and they're very well on track. But we were very concerned at the time that the fall in economic growth, particularly New South Wales in the third quarter, would be larger than what people were expecting Uh, and it is looking more and more likely that that will be the case. We've actually made some further changes to our numbers. Victoria looks like it's going to join us, so we're going to chat through all those issues today. Uh, But the first thing I do want to ask you about is today we did get some pretty historical uh, economic growth numbers out, and they were for the second quarter of 2021. What were those numbers showing, and do we even care?
1: Well, look, it's it's all a little bit academic now. I mean, the national accounts today indicated that the economy looked in pretty good shape over the June quarter, which is what all the other monthly data was telling us. Um, the problem is, though, that the economy has, has changed significantly since then. Um, you know, COVID wasn't really an issue by and large for most of the June quarter. Um, we didn't really even know what the Delta variant was. Um, so we ended up with, with pretty decent uh, GDP. But look... Things have changed dramatically. The, the, the national accounts today were were basically backward-looking. I don't think they tell you a whole lot about the future, and that's largely why markets completely discounted them today, uh, as they should have done.
0: We've been focused on the outlook for the last month or so. So regular listeners of the podcast will remember uh, back in even early June we were very optimistic on the outlook for the Australian economy. We were very bullish The data was coming in very strong. We didn't have COVID. We're very optimistic. But the outbreak here in New South Wales and now Victoria and the fact that we're going to be under lockdown till vaccination rates lift has really made us change our tune and we've been one of the more bearish uh, forecasters out there in the market. What was your thinking about why the downturn would be so big and also why the recovery is going to be quite fractured?
1: Well, look, it all—it all comes down. The initial, the, the the negative shock we're going through right now comes down to the lockdown. Um, you know, it, it looked to me in late July like New South Wales was only heading one way in mm. terms of the number of cases, uh, and if we couldn't get back down to COVID zero, well, there seemed no obvious trigger point to reopen the economy, and unless we hit enough, had enough people vaccinated, and and you know, we raised a few eyebrows at the time and we said we thought that New South Wales would be, New South Wales would be in lockdown until in the middle of the December quarter, but that's unfortunately the way things have played out with um, you know COVID cases continuing to rise uh, and and therefore you know, no in, end in sight to the lockdown until we get up around that 80% vaccination threshold. So that's why we had a, a very negative um, uh, view on the economy in the September quarter. But what we didn't know at the time was Victoria, that Victoria was going to go through an extended lockdown. Uh, we've obviously been watching the case, is mm. pretty close to down there, and they're just heading the same way as New South Wales. Um, you know, obviously, the case numbers are not as high, but from an economic standpoint, unless the cases are down at zero, um, they're not going to be reopening. So we're looking at a situation now where more than half of the Australian population is in lockdown uh, through the September quarter, and I would suggest well into the December quarter uh, until those vaccination rates get high enough to reopen. So that means we're, we're going through an extraordinary negative economic shock. I think the... Um, the hit to GDP in Q3 will be around 4.5%. Uh, and then in the December quarter, we'll only get a partial rebound because uh, both New South Wales and, and Victoria will be in lockdown uh, for, for a decent chunk of that um, of that Q4 period. So, um, look, so it's, it's a big hit. It's going to result in a lot of people um, having lost their job, at least uh, temporarily. And the economic data is going to look pretty bad uh, from this point.
0: So what happens to the labour market? So we've already seen an impact so far. We saw a big fall in hours worked in the July figures. We're going to see further falls in employment in the next couple of labour force surveys. How many jobs are likely to be lost, and what does that mean for the unemployment rate? Because historically, what we've seen in previous lockdowns, people leave the labour force, so they're not being counted as unemployed. So we see a fall in the participation rate. Will that provide some cushion to the unemployment rate? And does that matter, or are we more focused on what incomes do in the economy?
1: Well, look, the the labour market data over the next couple of months is going to be a bit of a hodgepodge set of um, uh, of numbers, Um, and it it helps to understand what the ABS is actually talking about when they're producing each of these numbers. In terms of the level of employment, uh, we're going to see a big contraction, probably spread over two months, so over April and September. Uh, I think around 300,000 jobs uh, have, have people have been stood down in New South Wales and probably around 250,000 in Victoria. Uh, all of these people who are receiving the COVID disaster payment from the government will not be considered employed. It's very different um, to what we went through last time with JobKeeper because the payment was coming from the government to the employer who kept the worker on the books and then was paying them. This time around, uh, you know, if, if someone's been uh, told not to come into work from a, an employer and they're not actually being paid uh, by their boss, then they're not considered employed. So the, the, the data there is going to look quite bad. I think it'll total around 550,000 contraction in employment over a couple of months. The vast majority of those people though, will not identify as being unemployed. Um, and the reason being is they won't be actively looking for work um, either because they think they've got a job to go back to or you know what's the point of looking for work during a lockdown. So the unemployment rate won't rise too much. But having said that, I do think it's going to be moving higher, um, particularly given these lockdowns uh, are adding up in terms mm. of the number of weeks, the number of months, and people will be restless. Um, it's not it's not a natural thing to stay at home uh, doing nothing, particularly if you'd been previously working. So I think you know a number of people will start to look for work. There may not be work there, that's why they'll be considered unemployed. But I, but I think the part rate will actually drift up a little bit through the lockdown. Um, I guess in a lot of ways, you know, we, we know that data is going to look bad. The, the question is, what does it look like uh, when the economy is reopened? Yes, and I think there you'll see a lot of people go back into employment, but not everybody. Um, you know, the 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 economic landscape will look very different coming out of um, out of the current lockdowns because it'll be the first time we 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 truly experience living with COVID. Cases will explode, and I think that's going to weigh on the speed at which the economy rebounds.
0: It is interesting, like for a lot of countries globally and um, the podcast before the one um, with yourself today was with Joe Caperso, our head of international economics, that really talked about the spread of the Delta variant and how that's impacting on global economies and, and more than likely we will require booster shots pretty soon just to keep up the level of immunity uh, to covid 19. But it does remind us that this is the first time that Australia will be operating with its economy open with COVID. So that's going to change for me, not only household behaviour, but business behaviour as well, how we move about throughout the community. Will we go back into the office? We've all been working from home. I think we're coming up to 10 weeks now in lockdown in Greater Sydney. How do you start to think about how consumers and businesses will deal with living with COVID, and how does that change your view about how this recovery will unfold compared to the recovery we saw in twenty twenty, which was swift and which was fast mm. and which was large? Like how how is this recovery going to unfold?
1: Yeah, they're, they're good questions. I think um, one of the mistakes that economists tend to make is they look at previous episodes mm. uh, and then just kind of extrapolate and and I think that was a problem last time when we went through this big negative shock because so many people looked at previous big recessions and thought, well, you you take years to recover out of them. Um, Therefore, the the, the hit to activity was so big uh, in the middle of last year that it was going to take us many, many years to heal. When actually the problem was COVID, Uh, if we could make that problem go go away and there's plenty of stimulus, well, the economy could rebound very quickly and Mm. we sort of formed that view and, and that's what's turned out to be the case. Now, where I think people are making a mistake this time around is they're looking at what happened last time uh, and saying, well, when you come out of lockdown, uh, everything just rebounds very quickly and things look uh, very good very quickly. But this time around, we're coming out of lockdown, not on COVID zero. We're we're coming out of lockdown because we've hit a vaccination threshold. And and that's very different. Um, That means we're not actually on top of the health outcomes the way we were last time. And we're actually going to have to live with, a virus that is is effectively new to all of us. Um, Now, we won't be any different to overseas. I mean, we'll have reasonably high vaccination rates when we come out of this, but we're still going to have one in five adults not vaccinated uh, and no one under the age of 16 vaccinated. So I think think what will happen is activity will rebound quickly initially because it'll be coming off such a low base, Um, but we're not going to see the services side of the economy Uh, rebound to what it looked like just a couple of months ago until well into next year. Um, I think there's going to be lots of um, individuals who are chomping at the bit to get out there and do stuff because we haven't been able to. But I also think there's going to be a decent proportion of households who are a little bit apprehensive Mm. about about what's going to go on. Uh, They they will restrict uh, activity where possible um, to minimise the chance of getting covid either because they don't want it themselves, uh, they might be vaccinated, but they still don't want to catch it, or they're concerned about passing it on to their children, for example. And I think that's going to mean that, um, at least initially, um, there's just, uh, there's, a, there's a, um, an apprehension sort of in the broader community about what's going to happen. And you know, the hospitalization um, numbers are going to go up very quickly. Again, that'll be sort of new for us and, and concerning for people. And what we'll find is that this hasn't ended just because we've hit the vaccine threshold. All it's meant is we've we've been able to come out of lockdown. Um, And, you know, I think there's a a real risk here too that we don't see the end of lockdowns um, because if it turns out to be the case that hospitalisation numbers rise too quickly, um, then, you know, the government will will bring in restrictions again to, to keep those numbers down. So, you know, I'm sure as, as you appreciate, everyone who's listening appreciates, it's very hard to sort of forecast through this because there's so many unknowns. But I think one of the things we do know is that COVID will be with us this time and it creates a different um, backdrop. I think the um, there's still going to be some frictions between the states in Australia. I don't expect the international borders, uh, sorry, the domestic borders to reopen straight away, mm-hmm. especially to, to New South Wales. Um, and we've just got to go through this whole adjustment process. I think um hopefully by the middle of next year, we, we, we've done all that. We sort of get to a place the UK is where they're sort of going about day-to-day life now, um, like COVID is like anything else, basically. Um, they've just, they've sort of moved on, but you know, we, we're not going to be able to move on the day we reopen. Um, we, we're going to have to go through this adjustment process. And of course, there's economic implications for it. Um, you know they, I think the... The economy will, will of course, pick up. But I don't think we're going to see the economy running at full tilt like it was a couple of months ago until well into next year.
0: So that obviously changes the dial for the policy response as well. So what we've seen, obviously, since New South Wales, Victoria and ACT have been in extended lockdown, the fiscal support packages from federal and state governments have lifted. But what about the RBA? Do they do anything or do they just delay... We've obviously delayed our rate hike call uh, as a result because, as you said, the economy is going to be going through an adjustment period. So everything that we thought was going to happen in terms of wages, growth, inflation, the tightness in the labour market is now going to take longer to occur. So that kind of explains our interest rate decision. But also the RBA made that decision a couple months ago to start to taper their Asset purchase program. Will they continue to stick to that? And kind of, what is the RBA's thinking at the moment? We hear from them in just under a week's time.
1: Well, look in 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 a normal in normal circumstances, if you go through a huge negative shock, uh, the central bank cuts interest rates. But but they can't do that at the moment because the the cash rate's down at the um, effective lower bound. So they don't really have a lot of a lot of options here. I think other than to continue. Doing what they're doing, which is buying bonds, um, but I don't think it's the right time to start buying less mm. uh, e- each week. Um, we are going to a, a very, very big negative shock. Um, you know, the economy looks very different today, right now, than what they thought it would be. Uh, they, what the Reserve Bank thought would be happening a couple of months ago when they made that decision to taper, um, and even in in August, um, in, in the statement of monetary policy. They produce some forecasts which look very different to the way you know, we see the economy and to the way I think they will be seeing the economy right now. So I, I think that the most obvious thing to do is not, not proceed with tapering your bond purchases. Um, the impact on the economy is pretty negligible, uh, whether you're buying $5 billion a week or $4 billion, It doesn't shift the picture too much. Um, but the optics of tapering when the economy is going through a big shock don't look good. Uh, especially when there's so much uncertainty around the outlook and I think the other thing is they, they will they, they should want to send the message to the government to keep the foot on the accelerator um, yes. in terms of fiscal fiscal support. Um, if you know the, the, the optics won't look good if they start doing less at a time when we need the government to keep doing a lot um, you won't really have a coordinated sort of policy message. And I think when we come out of this, as in when restrictions are eased, businesses will still need support um, because you know, if it turns out to be the case that we're all not rushing back to the office, which I think is what's going to happen, uh, then the CBDs will will still be struggling a little bit, and you know, businesses there will, will need ongoing support. And in that, against that backdrop, you know, I think it's the right thing for the central bank you know, not to be proceeding with a taper. Um, you know, I, I, I'd sort of I'd sort of say that. Um, I don't think they're going to scale up purchases either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the market have said that well, not only could they reverse the taper, but they could actually do more. I think that also wouldn't send out the right kind of message, which is they still want people to focus on the medium term. So, just continuing to do what they're doing probably strikes the right balance, and, and that is our that is our call for next week that they reverse what they said they were going to do and just keep buying bonds at five billion a week.
0: Now, I want to end on some good news because it has been a relatively big dose of reality for the Australian economy over the next adjustment period. The New South Wales first dose vaccination rate is now close to 70% and the national one is close to 60%. And so that's great. The vaccine rollout is accelerating very quickly. So that brings us closer to where some restrictions will be eased. But some other tailwinds for the economy do remain accumulated savings. Household savings remains high, so that helps us when we do see restrictions ease. But it really comes down to watching those vaccination rates at the moment.
1: Yeah, look, that's exactly right. If I could just sort of pick up there, the the amount of money that the household sector has been saving is extraordinary. And and we saw it in the national accounts today that the household sector has continued to put away money. Um, that's, that's going to provide a massive tailwind on the economy at some point. Um, mm. I just think that it's, um, it's more of a story for 2022. That's yeah, right. right. I think once we can get to the stage as a country where uh, we're no longer sort of fixated on COVID, daily cases aren't too interesting, uh, hospitalizations have, have settled down, the international borders reopen and we're going about day-to-day life um, you know, pretty normally, then I think the economy is going to do incredibly well and you'll see a lot of those savings find their way into the economy. But I'll just sort of caution that um, the idea that we're going to overnight sort of get back to what we had just a couple of months ago on reopening is I just don't think the right line of thought Mm. to have at the moment.
0: All right, Gareth, it's been great to catch up. There's obviously been a lot happening in the Australian economy over the last month, so it's been great to touch base and provide our listeners with an update. Thanks for joining.
1: Nice to have a chat again. Bye.
0: Now, you can read Gareth Ed's two reports, so not only when we outlined our latest thinking on the economic outlook, which was published on the 27th of August, 2021, and also the write-up of today's national accounts, which was published on the 1st of September, 2021, on combankresearch.com.au.